You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Shalom in the Lord. My name is Dr. Michael Weiss with Zion's Hope. I'm defining end times terms biblically. These are basic phrases or words that are connected to eschatology or the study of end times. So far I've looked at a lot of different things. Day of the Lord, the times of the Gentiles, and much, much more. Last time I talked about the mark of the beast, part one. I addressed the significance of the mark and how the false prophet will put it in place. And I also talked about who will get it and where it will be placed as a literal physical mark. I talked about its purposes too. And now we're going to look at part two of the mark of the beast. Once again, that's found in Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18. I want to look at the timing of the mark of the beast. And that's in a variety of texts. You can look at that in Daniel 9. Verses 34 through 37, Matthew 24, 15 through 21, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4, and again Revelation 13, verses 1 through 18. We won't look at all those verses, but that's for your reference. So a lot of people say, well, has the, the mark come already, or is it still yet future? Those are common questions. You know, some say worshiping on Sunday is the mark of the beast. Others say, oh, it's credit cards, your social security number, or again, a vaccine or something like that was or is the mark. But none of these were or are the mark of the beast, as I mentioned last time. Now we're going to look at some text here. I want to start in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 4, because this is still yet future. Paul says, Now we ask you, brothers, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together unto Him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed, either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. No one is to deceive you in any way. For it, that's the day of the Lord, will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship." so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. There is a seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week. It begins with a signing or the creation of, or maybe even the reinstitution of a covenant or agreement by a man we call the Antichrist. It is assumed to be made with Israel and probably some Islamic nations, but it will be a covenant of death, as Isaiah 28, 15 through 18 states. Halfway through or three and a half years into these seven years, the Antichrist will set himself up as God in a temple of whatever kind it is in Jerusalem and demand to be worshipped. Many will follow him. Many will bow down to him. Some Jews, some others, and of course, true Christians will say no. And that begins the Great Tribulation or the persecution against those Jews and Christians and those who refuse to bow to the Antichrist. So based upon the Bible, is the mark of the beast today, or is it put in place before or after the Antichrist demands to be worshipped as God? It is not until at or shortly after this midpoint of Daniel's 70th week, the seven-year period, that the mark of the beast will be put in place, and not before that. Now, specifically some place the mark of the beast at the fourth seal of Revelation 6, some at the fifth seal. Regardless, though, it will be put in place around the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week. 
though the preparation for that mark will already be in place at that time. Next, I want to look at the mark itself. And that brings us back to verses 17 through 18. And he decrees, and then no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Once again, there's a lot of speculation as to what this mark will be. And these verses give us two indicators. The name of the beast, or the number of his name, 666. While there is one manuscript that I know of that reads 616, most of course say 666. So let's look at these two things that are mentioned in these verses. The name of the beast. Now, this could be a literal name, Michael, John, Joe, or a title. And it may be something not even invented yet. The word name in Greek means name, authority, character, fame, or reputation. So it may mean something even beyond a physical name. It may mean that the mark and the numbers connected to the authority the beast will have as well as his character. Now, it could even be the Antichrist's name or even something else. You say, well, what is it? I don't know. I'm sure you're disappointed, but unfortunately, as many Christians have tried to, quote, pin the tail on the Antichrist down through history, they've been wrong all the time because we're not specifically told. And this is all we're told, in fact. So we have to wait and see what this name of the beast will be. But there's a parallel. If you remember, in Revelation 14, verse 1, God's name was on the foreheads of the 144,000 Jews. Those with the mark of the beast will have the Antichrist's name on their foreheads. Again, this is no coincidence. And these two passages refer to the name of God or the name of the Antichrist, which shows us once again, your authority is either God or government, in this case, the Antichrist and his government. Which will you choose? Secondly, it could be the number of the beast. Now, this could be literal or figurative, or in some cases both, because it can be calculated. So something figurative can't be calculated. So how can it be calculated? Well, in Jewish culture, and therefore in the Bible, there is something known as gematria. This is where numbers have specific meaning and significance. Yes, there are some who take this way too far. But it is a reality in Jewish theology and concepts, and it's helpful to know about this. And this number is the number of a man reiterated three times. 666. The number 6 in Jewish and biblical understanding is something that's incomplete, something imperfect. And it even originates in Genesis 1 and 2. Adam was created on day 6. Eve was created on the same day, because a helper could not be found for him. In a sense, he was incomplete. The number seven is a picture of completeness or perfection. On day seven, God ceased from his creative work because he was done. It was very good. This three times reiteration of six could mean that he will be the most evil, vile, imperfect man who has ever existed. Worse than anybody we can imagine. He will be the epitome of evil. Worse than Hitler, Mao. Antiochus IV, and other vile historical leaders who have persecuted Christians and Jews. And historically, this number did point to Nero, because in Jewish gematria, his name did add up to 666. 
But you say Nero was long dead by 95 AD when Revelation was written, and you would be correct. But he typified the future Antichrist with his cruelty and his hatred of God's people. So what is the mark? Any idea is speculation. It may be a few things, though. Maybe some kind of tattoo or quantum dot tattoo, a barcode. Maybe an app. Maybe something with the Antichrist's name or number on it. <laughs> Maybe a chip under your skin. That's actually being called for now and being done with animals as we speak. Could be a QR code or something even not yet invented. But think about it. Today we pay for groceries, we do our bills, and we order food and more with our cell phones and apps on those cell phones. Maybe it could be something like that. Maybe it's cryptocurrency. Or again, maybe it could be artificial intelligence connected with the chip in our bodies, again, which is under development. Many things are possible. But regardless of what it could be or will be, it is still in the future at this point. And I have said this so many times, but I have to caution you. I need to reiterate this again, because Christians have tarnished the name and the cause of Christ, because so many have fallen for hype and sensationalism and superstition and fear and just flat-out lies when it comes to the mark of the beast. While the stage is being set, it's not here yet. We don't know what it is and won't know until at least the middle of Daniel's 70th week. Now, discerning Christians during that time may know what's coming. They may see what's coming. But we're not in Daniel's 70th week as of yet while I'm recording this. So don't fall for, quote, prophecy teachers or ministers or videos or articles or others who are screaming, Oh, the mark is here, the mark is here, the mark is here. It's not true. Be careful. But we do need to address one final question. What is that? What happens to those who get the mark? That's Revelation 14, 9 through 11, and Revelation 16, 1 through 2, and Revelation 20, verse 4. Let's read those. Revelation 14, 9 through 11. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image, and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Think about that for just a moment. The full wrath, the full strength of God's wrath being poured out on someone. That should break our hearts. We should not want anyone to go through that. We need to be praying for people and sharing the gospel and making disciples. Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth. And harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. So again, this is a literal mark. You can't say it's something spiritual or mystical. Those who take the mark will face God's wrath during the day of the Lord on the earth. They will also be cast into the lake of fire forever. So they will be judged by God in His wrath on the earth and in eternity. But some people say, well, I can repent after taking the mark. It's not what the Bible says. And of course, Christians won't take the mark. But when the time comes, believers will know what's going on. 
and what is taking place. And God will give strength and wisdom and courage for believers in that day to say no. This is one reason why Scripture calls believers to be alert, awake, and to think clearly and to think biblically. We're called to remain faithful to the Lord during the present and the future time of persecution. That brings me to Revelation 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and for those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Wow. Special blessing for those who say no. A few applications before I finish up. Those who take the mark will be judged by God. It is very clear in Scripture. But the mark of the beast also proves that there's only two religions. You follow Jesus or you follow Satan. There's no other options. There's no middle ground. And we need to hear that in the church today, particularly with Christian leaders. We need to stand for the truth by the grace of God. Salvation is not what the world wants it to be, but it is what God declares it to be. And if you have not given your life to Jesus and trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, then you're serving Satan and not God. It doesn't matter how religious you are, how often you go to, the, to church or whatever religious establishment you go to. It doesn't matter how many times a day you pray. It doesn't matter how much money you give how many times you've been baptized, or whether or not you have some kind of ecstatic experience. If you have not given your life to Christ, trusted in Him as your personal Lord and Savior, saying, Lord, save me, then you don't know Him, and you do not serve God. So turn from your sin and trust in Him. Christian, whom are you serving now? Whom will you serve, and whom will I serve? Whom are we worshiping, and whom will we worship? Second, Without the mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. I mentioned this before, but what will we do if we're faced with a situation? Lose everything or take the mark? But I've got a family to feed. I've got a baby. I've got a baby on the way. What do I do? What do I say? This will be a reality for a generation of believers. Are we ready? Is the church ready to face this? Third, are we being faithful to Jesus today? Are we following Him in truth and obedience in our relationships and our retirement and our finances and more? If we're not being faithful to Jesus when things are easy, we won't be faithful to Him when things are hard. Going back to my COVID illustration, I believe that one thing COVID taught us is that the church in the West is cowardly. It shows us how easily we can cave in the face of difficulty and uncertainty. Again, that's just an illustration. But we need to be faithful to Jesus and what God says in His Word. Next, I encourage you and challenge you. Learn the Old Testament. Learn biblical history. You know, I quoted some things from the Old Testament as well in these, this two-part series on the Mark of the Beast. And because if you don't understand the Old Testament, you're going to misinterpret the Bible sooner or later. And when we misinterpret the Bible, we misapply the Bible. And we put ourselves in a big mess spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and more. So learn the context. See how there's connections, but also distinctions between the Old and the New Testaments. And last, in whom are we trusting today to provide for our needs? This is a big question. For some people, it's very hard 
they truly understand, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, because that's all they can do. But in whom are we trusting to provide our needs? It can't be our bank account, can't be, even be our job. It has to be the Lord. Now as I finish up, the mark of the beast will be a literal mark. And while we don't know what it will be, when that time comes, it will be clear. This mark of the beast will identify those who pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. Now some say, well, it's figurative, but it can't be. Because only those who have this mark can engage in commerce. It will be placed on the right hand of the forehead. And it will signify ownership and protection by the Antichrist, as I mentioned before. And remember, it's going to be the number of a man, 666. And again, the Jewish number system connects it with Nero historically. But remember, in prophetic and apocalyptic literature, there can be multiple fulfillments of something. So it does refer to a future man that we call the Antichrist. But I want to finish with a question and a few answers. Why even study this at all? What, is, what does this have to do with today? How does this impact my life today? Well, first of all, the church is going to see it take place. We will not be raptured out of here before tough times come. You know, we need to be prepared spiritually and physically for those difficult times ahead, for the persecution that's coming. I've said that before. It's my responsibility to tell you and to equip you to be prepared. Second, this is going to be a worldwide mark. Yes, it will be centered in Israel, in the Middle East, in that area. But the ripple effects are going to be felt worldwide. How much control the Antichrist will have over the world? We don't know. We're not told. It's unclear. But the pieces are being put in place. This is where the world is going, and I encourage you, think about what's taking place. Keep up with current events, particularly in technology and in the Middle East. I'm Dr. Michael Weiss with Zion's Hope. Be sure to visit our website, www.zionshope.org. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, social media, and YouTube. We have hundreds of videos on there from our very gifted Bible teachers. Also on our website, we have books and articles and a lot of other resources available this way as well. So until next time, be strong in the Lord until He returns. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 